Welcome to our craziness. Yes, sweet. Um, we have been going through um, Acts for quite a while now, and we're going to actually be taking a pause right now. Um, today is going to be the, the, the last of the first part, and our second part will continue in the, in the new year. Um, but for this time, we're, we're going to come to a close on this, and I wanted to talk about a few things um, just kind of going out from this. We're going we're gonna to still touch on a little bit out of Acts, um, so kind of keep your finger there, but we might jump around a little bit today. Um, but our title this morning is kind of key, because this has been what we have been talking about this whole time. It, it's activate life on mission, but really the thing that keep, I, I keep underlining as I'm going through in, in, in this study is on mission. And I know it's, it's kind of this goofy thing because we are literally on mission. But that's a great reminder that we are on mission. We are a church on mission. We are a people on mission. We are called to be on mission. And, and I think this, is, this was a good title for today, and it might, just, it might pop up again in the midst of our, our um, Acts study. Um, a life on mission is a life that is on the move. A life on mission is not a life that is static. I, 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 I might get somebody that disagrees with this, but I don't think God gives us a, a calling that is static. It's moving. You know, it, it, we, we have this in the back. Every four-square church has to have um, Hebrews where, where it talks about how Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one. God is the only being that is never going to change. We change. We, we move. We, I mean, looking at, at kids going through school, every year it's a different teacher, it's different kids that they're sitting with, it's, it's different stuff that they're learning. When you get into, into high school, it's like, whoo, you're thinking about, about the possibilities of, of, of a career, the possibility of family. You get into college, you're kind of doing the same thing, and you're like, ooh, maybe she's the one, you know. I mean, the, right? Come on, you guys, you guys can remember that, right? <laughs> Long time ago. Uh, it's not that long ago. Come on. It's just a vapor, right? Just, just, a, just a moment. But the thing is, is like we, we, we're all constantly thinking of the next thing, and we get to a place. Like I hit this place, um, and this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, but really like one of the last like, like milestones after, after like college is, is being 25 so you can like rent a car, right? And then after that, you're kind of like, now what? Retirement? We try to put little milestones. That's what we're trying to, we're trying to run to these milestones. And when we get there, it's not a static position, right? Like runners, if you've ever been in, in, running in school or whatever, did they tell you to go up to that line and stop? You run through. Life is meant to be run through. We, we, we see this with Paul. Paul talks about run the race as though to win. The race isn't over, is it? We got to go through that tape. And Jesus will be on the other side going, good job, good job, well done. So living a life on mission is living a life that is on the move. Missionaries go somewhere, right? 
The Holy Spirit moves us toward or away from things, towards or away from, from people. Yeah? Yeah? Towards people that will, will speak life into us, away from people that have been dragging us towards death. Towards choices that are, are choices in the Lord, away from choices that are leading to death. On mission looks like like a life of hiking. Just a few of us know about that. Think about the Pacific Crest Trail goes, goes by us, right? It, uh, if you've never heard about this, why not? Um, there's this grand trail that goes from Canada all the way to Mexico. Unless you go from that side and you go Mexico all the way to, to Canada. But it's this, it's this huge trail that people will go on and it takes months to complete. But life is like a trail. Life is like that trail where it's, it's constantly different weather, different things to overcome, different blisters, and still moving forward even with the blisters or trying to make the right choices so you don't have as many blisters. Think about the people of Israel that were in the desert. They were constantly together as a family, yet they moved into unknown territory constantly. Now, you might say that they were out there for 40 years, the territory started to look very familiar, but in a way, it was constantly different. They probably came through different areas of that desert at different times of the year and saw it differently. If you have a fear of change and perhaps or perhaps the, the last commission of Jesus, maybe you have a fear of that. This may not be a good message for you. Sorry. That, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek as well, because we, are, we all have a problem with change, don't we? Change is difficult. Change is painful. Change is, is different. Change is, is not what I'm used to. Not what I'm comfortable with. Not what makes me feel good. Change is also the one consistent thing in our life. Other than God, other than Jesus, other than the Spirit in our life, change in our life is the most consistent attribute of life. You may not remember, but we, we, uh, when, when I moved here, and I, and I was staying up, up at the Congdon's place, uh, up looking out at, at just awesome amounts of snow. And, uh, the, you know, remember, remember like um, the mist over the trees, and I thought zombies were going to come out of the trees. It was, I know. I got I to gotta say it. it. I'd sit there. I'd look out the kitchen window, and it's just like this mist, and clouds would just be rushing by. And it just, yeah, it made me think of zombies. But it also just, it, it made me... Think about every time I looked out that window, it was, it was different. Um, but I remember I was reading through, and I, and I came upon this word from the Lord um, in Colossians. And um, this is from the message. It says, um, uh, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the way which God works 
We pray that you will live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. And I hit that, and I was like, wow, this is, this is a word for us. But the thing is, is I, I, I haven't really talked about it. It goes on from here. And it says this, as you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. That's change over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Is that a word for us or not? That is a word, right? I mean, that is, you know, if you you want to, 1 Colossians 9 through 12 in the message, take that. Print it off, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your steering wheel. No, don't put it on your steering wheel. Uh, put it someplace in your car where you can read it before you go into work, where, wherever. Because there's, there's something about being on mission with God that does. It spills over into joy. It's, it's being able to grab a hold of that, that, that strength, that glory strength that he gives. Not the, I can do this. How many have done that? Have you ever done that and you, you throw out your back? Like, I can do, oh, oh, what was that? That's not the strength that God gives us. That's called pride. That's the strength we already have in us. The strength he gives us is the strength to be able to say, I'm too weak for this. He's like, that's okay, because I'll give you the strength for this. The orchard is such a great image for where we are called to for the people in our community. As a church, the mission that we are on is, is right out there. And thinking about it like an orchard, it's so, so good. I know the question, the first question you're probably going to have rise in you is going to be, am I called? Well, I know there's some of you in here that are going, am I called? Am I still called? Let's put that word in there because sometimes people get to that point where they're like, you know, I've, I've passed that age rate. You know, I've gone, gone through another, another tape, as it were, and I'm, 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 I'm done. Am I still called? Am I still called? Well, let's, if you turn to Matthew uh, chapter 4, you can see the calling of, of the disciples, and I think this is really key to our calling in our lives. And it says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. The calling that we hear in our lives reverberates down through the centuries from this moment when he called these disciples. Fishers of men. You have been called. You have been called. You are continuing to be called. If you need any any proof of that or anybody to say that, I'm saying right now, you are called. Each and every one of you is called. And when talking with people about very, uh, the invariable, the, the first question that seems to come uh, up is not the right question. But the first question is, is, what am I supposed to do? So if I'm called, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And that's not the right question. 
we get stuck on that question because there's so much where we're like, ah, we get, we get like, like, just stopped in our tracks by that. There's the fear of what am I supposed to do? What if I mess it up? The question ought to be um, not what to do, but rather who am I to be? Who am I to be? That's the question. I mean, Jesus took these guys that were, were fishermen and, and tells them uh, that in the, the process of becoming, that nothing would be wasted. And they would continue in their doing that they were already doing. It's just they were going to, they're going to be sifted through by Jesus. They're going to be, be, be sifting that doing through Jesus, through who he is. What, do you, what you do is not who you are in Jesus. There are so many times that I don't even, I'll go to a party and I'll hang out with some people or I'll, I'll go to some place where I'm meeting people and the last thing that I'll ask anybody is what they do. Because it's the first question most of the time we ask. What do you do? What do you do? And so often we get to the place where our identity is tied up in what we do, that that takes precedence over who we are and who we are becoming in the Lord. But what we do... One thing about what we do or what we have done or, uh, you know, our career or our path that we've been on or where we're at now, because I know some of you have retired recently, and there's a little bit of an identity crisis that happens when you get to that place because you've been doing so long this, but now you're not doing that. Now, it may not seem like much of a crisis because you're like, hey, we can go and do whatever we want. <laughs> we, we have no boss now. We can go and, but there's a little bit of that crisis of what do I do now? But be sure that what you do is not who you are. But what you do can be used by Jesus. Who you are will definitely be used by Jesus. But what you've done, the skills that you have. There's a young man that um, from uh, the River Academy that right now, um, Kelly, where is he at? Cyprus. This young man does like magic tricks and he's, he, he was a senior last year, and he's, he's there um, training to be a missionary. And he, he had commented, um, and, and I'm going to mess it up, but basically he had this comment talking about how, how awesome it was that God was using everything that he had learned, even the magic, even these, these other things, where he was at for his glory. So nothing is wasted. So if you're trying to look up for what to do, just be. And it'll be amazing what God will do through you. Understand that all have been called. All have been called. There's not just a few that have been called. Yes, there are the fivefold ministries. We, we know the pastor, preacher, teacher. I'm going to forget all of them, but evangelist. It's the last one prophet. We're pausing here. Um, <laughs> I went with you on it. It's okay. Um, but the thing is, is we've all been given a call in our life. We may not be called to one of those things, but there, there's a calling on your life, 
And what's interesting about this is um, there are those that answer the call and those that don't answer the call. They don't answer the invitation. I would rather be a part of the group that answers the call and accepts the invitation. Um, another question would be, is what, is the, what is the greatest commandment? You guys know what the greatest commandment is? That one, yeah. Let me read it for you. Matthew 22, 37 through 40 says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law of the prophets. God called, called to come. He called to come. Remember, he, he called people to a wedding feast, and they didn't come. And what happened? He went out and asked other people, and they came, and they got to be a part of the feast. Somebody kind of snuck in, right? There was one guy that snuck in, and he didn't have any of the wedding attire. Now, that wasn't because he didn't go and get wedding attire. Some people are like, oh, you just threw out the guy because he, just, he couldn't afford to get the attire? No. That guy was one of the other people that was probably invited first, and he was like, oh, wait, that's going to be cool. I'm going to go be a part of it. And he, the, the, the master was the one that gives out all of the wedding attire. He gives everybody this wedding attire, right? And there's one interloper that comes in, and he's just like, you don't notice me. Everybody's in white. He's like in blue. I don't know. It, it probably sore thumb, right? He's just sticking out, and, and he casts him out into the darkness, where there's gnashing of teeth. I'm going to go. I've been called. I'm going to go. I've been invited. I want to be a part of that, that party. Don't you? But we were called to come and we're commanded to love. Greatest commandment. Not the greatest suggestion. The greatest commandment is that we're to love the Lord our God with everything that's within us. And the other one's like it. I think we sometimes miss that. The other one is like it. That we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. How much do we love ourselves? A lot. We get in trouble with that sometimes. If we love ourselves too much, we become arrogant and pompous. And We've seen a few people like that. I'm not going to talk about the East Coast at all. Um, not the whole East Coast, just one little town. Big town. Not even going to say it. Um, I want to so badly, but I'm not going to. But everything weighs on our loving our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Everybody else. Everybody outside of us. And I'm not saying out, outside of us. I'm saying outside of us. Our neighbors are in here. Our neighbors are around us. Just, just real close. Our neighbors are wherever we live. They're around us there. Our neighbors are on the highways, cutting us off. Stopping when there's not a stop sign. You know what I'm saying? This is not just the greatest commandment, but it, because it's the top one. It's great because 
what it does in us, how it reshapes us, how it changes us. When we, when we sit there and look, when we have the filter of Jesus always before us, we're going to see this. We're going to see how we should be loving God and how we should be loving others, right? We look through Jesus. And that's, we'll see people that we're to love in the world and in our world and in the kingdom. Um, what about the Great Commission? What's the Great Commission? Go ahead. Go and tell everybody. There we go, Vicki. That's right. It's the last words of Jesus to the disciples. He's been teaching them for three years, and he's going along, and he's teaching them, and, and, and he's gone to the cross, and then he goes up into the air, and before he does that, he says to them, Mark 16, it says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Is that a few? Is that a little bit? The whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick, they will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any po deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the Holy Spirit moving in us, right? That is, that is I, I, I mean, think about that. We, we, get, we stop reading at if they're if they're baptized if they believe then then they're good and we stop there but we can't stop there because we're 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 to share we're to proclaim the gospel all of it all the messiness of it all the 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 grand gloriousness of it the holy spirit moving in the midst of it and as we get to this place, we need to read those things about how demons can be cast out and not be scared of that. That's, th these are practical things. They're practical spiritual things, and they freak people out, yes, but they are practical things in the Spirit. When we speak and cast out something out of someone, it is cast out in the name of Jesus. You know, I, I, I speak in tongues. You guys speak in tongues, right? There's a time where you get to that place where you just can't form words for some of the things that you're praying for in your body or, or outside. You're praying for others, and you just don't know what to speak, and, and those words come out. The tongue comes out. Now, I haven't, I haven't necessarily gone and picked up serpents with my hands. Well, I have. I, I, we've killed serpents. We, when we lived in California, we had to kill rattlesnakes on our, on our property because we had a, a toddler, and we really didn't want her to find them. Um, but there's something about that that there, there's, a, there's a fearlessness that we're supposed to have. If we can go pick up a snake, we can go talk to our neighbor. If you've ever, if, if you've ever dealt with snakes, there's something in your gut. When you get right, God, I don't want to deal with this. Make it run away. Go. You know, and, and you end up having to kill it and get past your own fear. Yes, I know there's probably some people that are saying, oh, just let the snake live. Uh, where we were living, if we put it back up in the hills where you're supposed to throw them, that was where we lived was in the hills. They'd come back. 
And then I had m- some um, youth that actually cooked it up on my grill and ruined my grill. Um, but if we drink poison, we'll not be harmed. How many people, um, you know that, that, that phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones, but that's junk. Words can hurt you. We can speak life or death, right? So if somebody speaks death at us, it can hurt. It can be like deadly poison. But we can bear through it. Those that hold on to Jesus and are just like, I'm not going to accept that poison. I am not going to drink it. But we can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. I know that ultimately, here, here, here's something, i, I got to point this out. As humans, we have a terminal condition. And it's 100% fatal. No. We, none of us are getting out of this alive. Come on. Think about it. 100% fatal. We're human. There's mortality. Stop picking on your doctors about it. It gets worse and worse. Okay, but you know what? It gets better and better after that. We get to go see Jesus. We're always facing this fatality before us, but yet we can intervene for the briefest of moments. Because this is life, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just a vapor. It's just a breath. But we can intervene. We can lay hands on people. We can pray, and they can be healed. But just remember, just for a moment, how are we sent? So we're called, but we're sent out, right? How are we sent? This is where um, I, I, I get to the book of Acts. This is the model of sending out. This is why we're kind of going through this. It's a model of being sent. All these people were, were at this happening church in Antioch. We're in, in chapter 13 here. Um, they're at this happening church. This church, people know about this church. We already saw that. They sent people from Jerusalem because they're like, hey, there's something happening in Antioch. Let's go check it out. Let's send some of our best people, some of our encouragers. Let's see what they've got. Well, there's more people hanging out here. There's, there's prophets. There's teachers. There's uh, Paul and Barnabas. There's so many others that are, are here because the, the Spirit was moving. We've been in places like this, right? It's not the place. It's not the, it's not the, you know, the Church of Antioch. We don't see that, you know, I mean, people use the name again, and I've seen Antioch Church around, but it's not like, it's not like people took that with them and, and planted that everywhere they went. It wasn't the Church of Antioch. There was one Church of Antioch, right? And there was something happening there, but there was a move that was happening to send people from. That's what churches should be. Not a gathering place, but a sending place. We gather, yes. We gather together, but to be sent. Acts 13, 2 and 3 says that while, while they were still worshiping the Lord and fasting, there's some preparation going, see? Like, like prayer is part of that. There, you're, you're praying. You're worshiping and praising. You're fasting, you're you're laying aside things that you're like, you know what, for a season I'm going to lay this aside because I want to sacrifice that for the things of the Lord. This is fasting, right? 
can fast things like Netflix. It can happen. <laughs> you will be okay. You can binge later. But there's something about laying that, uh, there's preparation that takes place in that for sending. And it goes on and says, um, the Holy Spirit said, whoa, okay, so the Holy Spirit's speaking in this, right? All of a sudden, that's got to perk up our ears or our eyes, if you're listening to the word or if you're reading it, um, that they, they were preparing and then the Holy Spirit said. There's something about the order of this. Prayer, praise, worship, fasting, the Holy Spirit speaking. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. We can read this and insert your name in there. Because as we prepare, as we come together and we gather and we are in this place where we're getting excited and we're, we're celebrating the Lord and, and we're also getting a little bit of a, a course correction before we go out again, you can say, set apart for me, and you can insert your name in here, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I, I have so been, it's like I want to scream this from the, the rooftops with you guys listening um, and all of your friends and whoever will listen and, and I'll probably sound like a total crazy man, but I believe that we are consistently being con commissioned to this mission. We're commissioned to be on mission. You know what a commissioning is, right? You've seen, you've seen the, the biggest thing you've seen about commissioning is like ships being commissioned, right? They take and they, they swing a, a bottle of champagne at it and poof, it gets anointed. It gets anointed and sent. There is something about being commissioned. But we're not just a ship being commissioned, hit with, that ro with, with oil or whatever, you know, splash you, right? I'll just, just get you. And then you're sent, and that's it. We're constantly being commissioned to be on mission. We're, we're sitting in that dry dock all the time. Anybody ever felt desert dry? Anybody ever felt like, like where am I going from here? Have you asked some of those earlier questions? Like, what do I do? What am I called to? Am I still called? Do you have something for me, Lord? And I think we need to be able to pray. The, just shift our gaze. Shift our gaze to Jesus. Shift our gaze to who we're becoming. Because that becoming is what will lead us into the calling that's already there so that we can be on mission with him. What do we do as, as a church? What do, what do we do as, as a people of God? What are we supposed to be? And I think that's where it, it really starts to come to light for us. There's a, there's a focus that comes together when we actually ask the question, of, God, what am I supposed to be? How can I become what you're calling me to be? How can I, you know, what are those things that, that are not, that are not being wasted. You know, those, those years doing whatever that thing is. Come on. I know you've got those things in your head going, I did this for years. Where's that? Where's the prayers where we're, we're wrestling with God? 
on what, you know, I had this dream. You gave me a dream, God. What does that mean? Where is that? Anybody hear me on this? Do you have a dream that, that has sat on a shelf somewhere? I heard a yes. Anybody else? Yes. There's a yes. Anybody else? Yeah? Where are those dreams where we're trying to wrestle that from God? You had a dream for me. This is years later. I want that dream. I don't know what's going to happen, but where are those kind of prayers? You know what? We meet on Sunday nights for prayer. We've got a, a, a nice group of people that make it. And I'll tell you right now, that's, that's where our church should start becoming. It's in those times of prayer. Now, you may have that in being in a, in a small group. Great. Awesome. Start it with prayer. We are contending right now for the survival of our church. It doesn't feel like the survival of our church, but I need you to know that if this doesn't go to the next generations, the church dies. That's, that's the heart of it. That is, that is the reality of it. But that's it, that isn't where it ends. It doesn't have to end that way. God, give us the dreams and visions that you have for us. Give us those dreams we used to have. I'm going to wrestle that from your grip. You don't think he wants to give those to you? He does. He wants to give you everything that you desire in your heart that lines up with him. Yes? So I, I just want to say, you know, if, if you don't feel commissioned, we can anoint you. I, I will get a garden hose and anoint every one of you if that's what we have to do. But for you to understand that you're already commissioned, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on you like the best champagne, the best oil. There are times where when, when you read about, about um, oil being poured over the head of Aaron and how it drips down from his head, down his beard, over his clothes, down to the hem of his garment, and down to the ground. That is an image of the Holy Spirit being poured out on each and every one of his people to be, to become, to go on mission with him. So this is a little bit of a gut check. This is a little bit of a, a pause. We're going to take some time going into the Thanksgiving season and be thankful and grateful. We're going to spend some time being still as we go into Christmas and then we'll come back to this at some point um, in the new year. But I think we need to think about that commissioning. We need to be praying and we need to be contending. I am passionately contending for this church, for all of you, and for all of fill in the blank. And we get a great, a great opportunity this next weekend because we are probably going to more than double in size because we're going to have people coming into our midst. Now, that may be just for that weekend. That's great. Some of those people might, might find this as a place they want to be. Great. But it gives us an opportunity to get a glimpse of the future, get a glimpse of what, what God has for us. 
But we all have to be there. We have to be commissioned. We have to be on mission and just be who you are. Be who you're called to be. So there may be a lot of people. So if that's hard for you, tough. Come. If you're used to your seat, give it up. If you're, if you're used to sitting with some people that are in our, our midst here, find somebody new and get next to them and just be like, hey, how you doing? I want to hear your story. Okay? So this gives us some practice. We can do this in the community, but we get a practice right in here, and we're going to have worship, and then they're going to tell some testimonies from this, and we're going to hear some, probably some heartbreaking stories, but some grand stories with the Lord. And we all get to be a part of it. You ready for that? Okay, I got like a, are you ready for that? Are you going to be here? Next weekend. On time. Well, yeah, you know me. Yes, on time. Yes, 10 o'clock. You get to sleep in, so just make sure that you change your clocks and all that. Your phones will change automatically, but Maybe. Um, double check. Anyway. Well, I bless you guys. We're going to go down and we're going to um, share in a meal. If you're on that, that uh, list to go down, um, be part of that. We're going to run right down there um, and celebrate uh, what they've got for us. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, God, that you have um, you ha- you've spoken into our lives. You have moved in our lives. And, God, we just pray that you would go before us in this. We are contending for the next generations. We are contending for the life of the church. And we pray, God, that you would give us vision and dreams of where we're going next. We praise you. We thank you. Go before us in Jesus' name. Amen.